Okay, today we're going to be talking about the intestinal cleanse for dry fasting protocol. So this is an article on the dryfastingclub.com website that gives you information on the most common cleanses that people do before dry fasting. And it actually focuses on a few here. So it talks about the most simple liver flush, a liver and gallbladder flush that uses Epsom salts, an accelerated body cleansing flush, that's Filanov's variation, um, a regular salt flush from Filanov as well, and it ends with the gentlest liver flush, which I always recommend for absolute beginners. Uh, this is to give you a bit of peace of mind and to approach it slowly and cautiously. So an intestinal cleanse may be the most important part of an extended dry fast. Don't try to skip this if you're going to uh, for longer than three days. So uh, if usually people say that if you're going for longer than five days, you should definitely have a mentor or somebody helping you out. Uh, but really, if you're even going past three days, you are definitely going into um, a territory that is a little more difficult. Once you pass three days of dry fasting, you should be doing some preparation for it. If you do one or two days, you do want to get some preparation in as well, but it's not as important. You can't really do too much damage to your body uh, within the first few days. I know that if it's one of your first dry fast, it's going to be much harder than somebody already on a subsequent fast. And that is also why you should always start with a water fast before you attempt dry fasting. You should never just jump into any form of fasting without uh, trying it out slowly. And even before you do a water fast, you should try an intermittent fast. So you should eat maybe one meal a day or do a small window. And you'll notice how easy and how good you feel afterwards. And that will be a catalyst for you to be able to continue. So... This intestinal cleanse, um, actually what I wrote is, if you're going for a shorter fast, find my protocol for a short fast preparation to avoid the phase one slash two crash. And I talk about the phase one slash two, that is the first uh, two to three days of a fast, specifically mm -hmm. a dry fast here, but this also works for a water fast. And that is the post-absorption stage and the gluconeogenic stage. So those are the first two stages before you enter full ketosis. And when people usually say after 72 hours is when you enter that muscle conservation stage where your gluconeogenesis goes down and your ketones are at almost max levels. And that means that your body is now burning for ketones. It is targeting more fat and it is not uh, creating as much sugar as it was earlier. And that's what gluconeogenesis is. It means the creation of sugar. And that can be from glycerol, which comes from fat. It can be from proteins and a few other sources in the body like lactate. A lot of my recommendations for this have to do with your age, dry fasting experience, health markers, and diet. There's no one size fits all, and that's why it is always advised to have a mentor for your first dry fast. That being said, the Dry Fasting Club is meant to provide you with all the information you need to do this yourself if you are so inclined. As always, this is information, informational only, and should not substitute medical advice. So intestinal cleansing, as the name implies, helps you in clearing out the digestive tract. And this can be done in a few ways. Uh, one, you have increasing your gut motility by taking a laxative. And as it implies, 
something like magnesium that is going to absorb uh, water and bulk bulk in your stool and just help you with gut motility. So it's going to push stuff out. Eating less and lighter foods with a lot of fiber is number two, and that goes the same way. Fiber helps you, is sort of a laxative, um, but very natural and found in a lot of food. And then it also says lighter food, so that means avoiding heavy fat and protein. So you want to do that. You want to avoid that for a cleanse. We already know if you've been listening to any of my uh, videos or reading my articles that fat is the hardest molecule for your body to digest out of the three macronutrients, fat, carbs, and protein. So even though fats have a ton of nutrients and uh, help you produce ketones and they are a great source of energy. They are not the best when it comes to wanting to do cleanses. Three, using a prokinetic to increase your migratory muscle complex. So if you don't know what that is, my last video talked about the MMC. And a prokinetic is something that helps uh, that MMC process uh, clean out your small intestine, which is one of the most important places where bacteria can accumulate and where you can have leftover food that you really want to push out of the body. Prokinetics, look into that video if you want to know more about them, but they basically stimulate that MMC and things like that can be chamomile tea, peppermint tea, or certain drugs for people that really suffer with their MMC. Number four is hydrocolonotherapy. Uh, slash enemas. And if you know what that is, you know what it is. But hydrocolonotherapy, you can go to places to get it done. And they basically put a tube up your backside and fill you with water so that you kind of feel bloated and then you let it all out. And they do it multiple times until you are uh, cleaned out as much as possible. Number five is doing liver and gallbladder flushes. And that is what we're going to talk about a lot here. And it basically makes, it basically focuses on your bile and clearing that out. And usually the ways that this is done stimulates a lot of contraction inside the liver and gallbladder and gets rid of a lot of the bile. The idea behind these is to clear blockages and avoid having waste fermenting and causing absorption of toxins during an extended fast. That's why the simplest way is to do a laxative cleanse. This involves using a laxative like magnesium citrate or magnesium sulfate. Magnesium sulfate is Epsom salts. You can also use Filanov's regular table salt method and a few other ones. Some people like to do enemas, but I've realized that most people do not. Some people swear by them though, so if it's something that you're interested in, you can look into it further. The simplest version I use is called the juice prep protocol. And as you can see it uh, under the protocol section. However, a lot of extended fasters swear by liver flushing. It's no doubt that the liver is the body's most important filter. Doing liver and gallbladder flushes forces bile to be evacuated quite drastically, and this can have a really good cleansing effect. Some people call the stones released during... Uh, a, uh, liver flush, they call them gallbladder stones, uh, while others claim that they are simply a byproduct of the oil and the citrus juice mixing in your digestive tract. Whatever the true mechanism, I believe that the main benefit is the bile flush and that the stones don't mean very much. 
You should always start small when trying new things and test them out first to make sure you do not have any dangerous reactions to them. For example, you should test small amounts of Epsom salts first to see at what point they produce a laxative effect and how much you can tolerate. A cleanse can lead to detoxification crises, with possible side effects like headaches, lack of energy, skin impurities, constipation, bad breath, and increased perspiration. However, individual reactions vary, as everyone's body is unique. When cleansing the bowel, it's crucial to set aside ample time for the process, as it can take hours or days for effects to manifest. Ensure you're drinking water and juices with very high mineral content to replace sodium, potassium, magnesium, and calcium. Lucky for us, most of these fruits and vegetables have all of these plus the other trace minerals. Look for beets, celery, cucumber, ginger, carrots, and apples. Those they, ha they have a lot of what we're looking for here. Adopt a light, easily digestible diet to minimize strain on the intestines and engage in gentle forms of movement to support digestion. So this article provides the following guidelines um, and talks about five of these flushes. Like I mentioned earlier, one's going to be the most simple liver and gallbladder flush. Uh, this is a bile flush, and it's recommended for young and healthy people. Number two is a generic Epsom salt and liver gallbladder flush combo. Uh, this is the one that I recommend uh, as kind of like the main liver flush that you should be doing. Um, not if it's your very first time, but just the one that I think has the most impact and is one of the simplest ones. Number three is the gentle liver flush. This is for those who are severely sick and don't want to risk the power of Epsom salts too early. Um, in the actual article, though, it'll be the fifth one that we talk about, so the last one. And then we have an accelerated intestinal cleanse procedure by Filanov. I kind of added that because a lot of people who go to his dry fasting retreats do this one, although it's a bit of a weird one. We'll still go over it. And then we also have Filanov's table salt flush. So a lot of people that have uh, Sergei Filanov's 20 questions and answers for dry fasting book uh, tr have tried this flush. It gets mixed reviews. It really dries you out. And it's really only to be used if you don't have access to Epsom salts, in my opinion. And apparently a lot of people don't have access to Epsom salts. So the most simple liver flush and gallbladder flush is the one we're going to start on. This is the most simple recipe and kind of gets you uh, familiarized with what you're looking at when it comes to liver flushing. So this is the most simple recipe and is good enough for relatively healthy kids, teenagers, and relatively healthy young adults who only suffer from some less serious health problems like teen acne, child eczema, smelly sweat, seborrheic dermatitis, peeling lips, arm pain, shoulder pain, dry skin, cracked nails, weak hair, ringworm, pinworms, etc. A pretty big list. If you are a healthy young person, no serious health conditions, just some annoying skin, face, nail, or hair problems, this recipe is good enough for you. So, and I actually added a note here in the article. Uh, obviously, you can find this article on the dryfastingclub.com if you want to maybe print some, it, some of it or take a look at some of the things I talk about. So I tried this simple 
liver flush uh, a long time ago. The reason I never recommend it by itself is because I usually deal with people that have late stage autoimmune issues and or the liver is usually malfunctioning. Uh, it's no surprise that a lot of people that come to dry fasting or want to do a little bit of a consultation are people who are pretty desperate. Otherwise, I don't think you, most people would ever look at dry fasting. I hope we can change that because like you can see here, one of the simplest liver flushes is for decently, relatively healthy people. And that means you can stay relatively healthy. It's always easier to stay healthy than to get back your health after you have destroyed it. This, so going back to my comment, this can be due to illness affecting different organs, or it can be the primary symptom driving everything else. Nevertheless, this flush, as stated above, is good for younger, healthy individuals. You will be flushing the bile, and if you have gallstones or other blockages, it may cause problems. You will want to either A, focus on the cleanse with the Epsom salts to open your biliary ducts by relaxing the muscles, or B, take the safest approach, which focuses on dissolving possible stones with malic acid, so apples or the supplement before you attempt the flush. And that's gonna be the gentlest liver flush at the end of uh, this video. We have ingredients here. The main ones are gonna be grapefruit and extra virgin olive oil. You wanna make sure that it's natural and it's cold pressed. You want the best one, organic if you can get it. Um, one large grapefruit, uh, or you can use oranges or lemons. I personally use lemon juice. I like to buy a bag of lemons and squeeze them out to get a cup. Okay, so with the procedure for this first flush, uh, it's very simple, and you'll see that it's very uh, repetitive with all of the other ones. You basically have to choose a day. So you choose a day that you won't have to engage in strenuous activities. Saturdays are usually preferred. On the day of the flush, you want to eat a light breakfast and lunch. Avoid fatty and spicy foods. After 2 p.m., you can only drink water. Refrain from eating or taking pills or vitamins. So that means that eating that light breakfast is avoiding heavy foods, avoiding processed foods, avoiding fats, and too much protein. So you're looking at fruits and vegetables. Ideally, you juice in the beginning of the day to make it even easier and better for you. Hydration limitation, so after 7 p.m. you don't drink any more water either. You want to be thirsty um, just to make it easier to consume the oil and juice mixture. So at 9.55 is when you should start preparing it because you want it ready at 10. So at, you already should have everything ready at 9.55 and you just start squeezing the juice at that time. You squeeze the grapefruit or the lemon, whatever you're using. And then you mix half a cup of this with half a cup of extra virgin olive oil. You want to make sure it's organic and cold pressed. Then you consume the mixture at 10 p.m. You drink it slowly. It's kind of hard to drink it too quickly. And afterwards, you walk around just a little bit uh, to avoid feeling nauseous. Before you sleep around midnight, ensure you don't have a lot of gas in your stomach. Try to burp if your stomach feels heavy. The following day, you may experience loose stool or diarrhea. You might notice hard green or yellow objects in your feces, representing hardened bile that could have been present in your liver or gallbladder. So another thing that you may notice is uh, extreme tiredness the next day. Uh, because this doesn't really use the Epsom salt flush, uh, 
it is much easier. That's why they call this the simplest liver flush. But it's remember, it's meant for people that are decently healthy. And then you can repeat this, this procedure every two to three weeks to help cure things supposedly like food intolerance, acne, peeling lips. We already went over this. But sometimes one's not enough. And a lot of people claim that after a few liver flushes, things really start to kick in. Um, it seems like it's a positive feedback loop and it's kind of similar to dry fasting where you know that you're dry fasting to heal something and often it's not enough to just do one fast. And if you don't take too much time between subsequent fasts, you can sort of jump back into the healing process. So let's say you did a five day, but you only healed maybe half of what you were looking for. If you can refeed for a good 10, 15 days and feel good enough to jump back in, sometimes you jump back in and your body restarts where you left off. And that kind of looks like the similar, a similar thing with the liver flushing. Can I use juice from some other fruit? So the fruits that are that have been used for liver flushing are lemons, limes, oranges, pomelo, pineapple, granite apple. I think those are green apples. You want to have those ones. And we talk about it later. Acidic apple juice and acidic grape juice, etc. You can see that people have experimented with a lot of them. The most common one is grapefruit followed by lemons. And I think lemons is my favorite one. So the second flush is called the liver and gallbladder cleanse. This is the one that I recommend. Uh, if you've already tried one liver flush in the past and everything has gone well for you. The reason I recommend this is because this both does a liver and gallbladder cleanse on top of a full intestinal cleanse. Um, and it uses Epsom salts, so it relaxes your biliary ducts, which... Uh, is where you may get something lodged if you are very unlucky or unhealthy and you have gallbladder stones. So this one should be done with caution. If you have large gallstones, this is contraindicated. There's a statistic, something like 3% of sick people with gallbladder stone issues may get a lodged stone and require emergency treatment. This is the flush that I've done a few times already. It can be quite exhausting, so I'm not a big fan of doing it right before a long dry fast. I prefer to do it about a week or two before the dry fast, then following up with a simple Epsom salt flush plus two to three days of fruit juices to rehydrate, and then jumping into a dry fast. So this whole fast, I don't recommend doing it right before the dry fast. Um, I flesh this concept out a little bit more in my protocol, so you can check it out on the protocol section. If you will be doing this cleanse, I highly recommend that you start activated charcoal treatment a few days earlier. This is discussed also in the protocols, but it entails taking activated charcoal every morning on an empty stomach with some electrolytes as a pre-cleanse. Activated charcoal does not absorb electrolytes, that's why. And you can continue regular eating throughout that day. Just give your body at least an hour before and after taking the charcoal that it doesn't interfere with either your medications or the nutrients in the food. If you're feeling nervous about liver flushing, you should uh, 
get friendly with Epsom salts. And what that means is you should test out how your body reacts to a teaspoon, one teaspoon of Epsom salt with water, maybe one of those days and see how it, and then maybe the next day, if you don't feel anything, try two teaspoons. Uh, usually most people are okay with just doing the regular amounts, but this is the more cautionary approach. I also have a survey here of people who did the liver flush. So this survey was taken on CureZone, and I think it was uh, around 1,200 people. 3% of them said they regretted liver flushing. 72% said they feel much better after it. 16, oh, excuse me, 16% uh, did not regret it, but were not convinced either. They didn't believe they had any benefits. And... 1% say they don't regret it, but they are worse now than before. And 6% said I haven't started flushing yet. So overwhelming evidence that it helps a lot of people, but there are a few that regretted it. It's important to keep in mind that the most common side effect of it is fatigue and exhaustion. And if you look through any of the explanations, specifically on the no health benefits or I'm worse off now, um then you see them talk about severe exhaustion afterwards. And this is usually due to electrolyte loss. So when worried, always start with the gentlest liver flush. And if you're feeling extremely exhausted after a flush, uh, look into the supplement ornithine. It's an amino acid that's supposed to help a lot with fatigue uh, and clearing ammonia. And honestly, electrolytes are going to be your best friend here. The schedule for this is a little more complicated and you should follow it as closely as possible. The day of it at 8 a.m. you eat a zero fat breakfast and lunch. At 2 p.m. you do not eat or drink and you're not going to do it afterwards either. Otherwise you could feel quite ill later. Make sure that you have your Epsom salt handy and some people use them as capsules, but most people will have it as Epsom salt crystals. And just as a side note, if you are looking where to purchase Epsom salts, you can find them online. Just make sure that you are looking for pharmaceutical grade magnesium sulfate. That is the, the cleanest one. And make sure that they have no uh, flavorings or smells added. So on that same day at 6 p.m., you will take your first dose and 8 p.m. will be your second dose. That's basically what you have to remember. Um, each dose is going to be, um, pretty sure it's three tablespoons of Epsom salts. So 15 grams. Oh, actually it says mix four tablespoons. I was using three. So three is usually 15 grams, and that's a very popular number for liver flushes. Some people go a little bit deeper and use four. Um, this is where you have to understand your tolerance to it. Three tablespoons would work really well for me. So you'll mix the three tablespoons with water, and you really have to mix it quite a bit for it to fully dissolve. Some people add uh, half a teaspoon of vitamin C into it. Uh, it makes it apparently go down a little bit better. I did not do that. So Epsom salts have this taste that is kind of really bitter and it's a very weird aftertaste. And the vitamin C is supposed to help a lot with that. Um, 
So 6 and 8 p.m. you're doing the same thing. You're doing about a three-quarter cup Epsom salt solution. So you're doing three-quarter cups of water, and then you're mixing the three tablespoons of Epsom salt into it. After each time you do that, uh, you may need to go to the bathroom pretty quickly. I'd say within half an hour to an hour. So after you've done both of those, you're already getting pretty tired. Magnesium definitely has a, a chill out effect and does relax you quite a bit. Going to the bathroom can be tiring. And then around 9.45, you're making your grapefruit and olive oil drink, or in my case, uh, lemon and olive oil drink. Half a cup of olive oil uh, mixed into a pint jar, and then you, you add the half a cup of freshly squeezed lemon juice. I shake it to, for it to mix well, and I drink it while it's mixed. Otherwise, you're going to have two layers, and I think that's much worse and pretty gross. Um, some people add that vitamin C, so citric acid, into the mixture to improve the taste. So if you're scared of the taste, use everything at your disposal. Uh, if, you, if we follow a few of the protocols, like Holda Clark's protocol, um, she adds green black walnut hull and has ornithine ready. Ornithine is an amino acid that's supposed to make uh, sleeping a little more comfortable. I don't use both of these, but if you're looking for something like this, if you want a bit of a parasite cleanse on top of it all, you can look into green black walnut hulls as well. And now you will visit the bathroom one or more times. And make sure you do that before that 10 p.m. drink. So go to the bathroom. Uh, just make sure that 10 p.m. you are taking the mixture. So remember, 6 p.m. Epsom salts, 8 p.m. Epsom salts, 10 p.m. You really want to nail it on that time. Five, 10 minutes is fine, but try not to be too late. And you drink it. And then you go straight to bed during this because you're already exhausted after the first two Epsom salts. And now you're drinking that liquid and it doesn't taste that good. So you want to lay down in bed. So I put a note here. I do not use ornithine uh, myself, nor do I take green black walnut hull, but I do sometimes use ivermectin as an antiparasitic. Not during the cleanse, but because I used it earlier, I don't worry too much about parasites. Ornithine is recommended as the amino acid because it degrades ammonia in the liver, which supposedly is released when microorganisms die. L-ornithine is a key compound in the urea cycle, one of the body's main processes for eliminating ammonia. If you have trouble sleeping during a liver flush, then you can consider supplementing this. So after you drink it, uh, some people can drink it through a large plastic straw. If you're really struggling drinking it regularly, you may use cinnamon or honey to chase it down between sips. Have it all pre-measured. Take the oil to your bedside if you want. Um, so usually I'll sit in bed and I'll drink it, put the empty pint jar on my nightstand and just lay down. Uh, so lie down immediately, don't get out of bed and don't eat. You may fail to get toxins out if you do. The sooner you lie down, the more toxins you'll get out. Be ready for bed ahead of time. Uh, try to keep perfectly still for at least 20 minutes and you may feel toxins traveling along the bile ducts. There is no pain because the bile duct valves are open due to the Epsom salt. Go to sleep. 
you may fail to get toxins out if you don't. Then in the morning, you can expect some diarrhea. 6 a.m. or later, maybe you'll be jolted awake to go to the bathroom, or you'll sleep in. But uh, once you wake up, if you don't have to go to the bathroom, or even if you have already gone, this is when you want to get your third dose of Epsom salt. So this is now the post-flush Epsom salt, so pushing and cleansing everything out. Um, you want to drink some water with it, but that first dose or that third dose is going to be a three-quarter, three-fourth cup of water uh, for the Epsom salt drink, and then you can have a little bit more water afterwards if you're still thirsty. Uh, you can go back to bed, and but two hours later, you're supposed to take the fourth dose, fourth and final dose. Once you've done that and traveled to the washroom 10 or 20 times, uh, two hours later, you can finally start to eat. Try and start light. So once again, fruit, fruit juice, very light fruits. Um, and then one hour later, you may eat regular food. So three full hours after that last dose, you can basically start eating normally. But the slower you start and the easier digestible food you take, the easier will your comeback's going to be. Start with vegetables. By dinner time, you should feel recovered. You will be tired, and some people are very tired afterwards. Uh, so keep that in mind. It's very exhausting to do these flushes. And it may take a few days for you to really come back. And that's why uh, um, I don't recommend doing this right before starting a dry fast. Then we have the accelerated body cleansing from Filanov. I'm not going to go over the whole thing. You can take a look through the article if you want to read about it. He basically talks about taking the charcoal and ep lots of Epsom salts. And Filanov actually does a huge amount of Epsom salts, um, which is a little bit scary, but I guess it works for him. And then uh, he recommends eating after a few hours and then day three doing another uh blush and this time you do the olive oil and you perform enemas on Filanov's accelerated flush and then we have the Filanov salt flush so the salt flush is how you can imagine the epsom salt flush but using regular table salt you have to do it a little bit differently here or else the body absorbs it epsom salts are just much simpler and give you a better effect i think uh, but the salt flush is for people that don't have access to epsom salts <clears throat> and you can read it here it's slightly more different it's slightly more water and i think it is actually a little worse for taste and it really dries you out and now we'll just finish off on the last one, which is the gentlest liver flush, magnesium citrate, and malic acid. This is for those who are severely sick and don't want to risk the power of Epsom salts too early, while at the same time working on dissolving possible stones to help them pass easier. For this one, you want to have a bottle of magnesium citrate, 10 or 16 ounce, and you can buy those usually in the laxative section of grocery stores um, or uh, pharmacies. You want to have organic green apples, so the green apples have more malic acid, and a lot of that is found in the skin, so remember that if you like to peel your apples. If you don't want to do the apple route, you can buy magnesium malate or malic acid. 
And then you want to have the lemons and the olive oil, just like all the other flushes. On day one to three of this one, you drink at least four glasses of freshly made apple juice every day, spaced throughout the day, morning, noon, afternoon, and night. Use organic green Granny Smith apples if possible. If you can't make your own juice, buy 100% unsweetened apple juice, preferably organic. The malic acid in apple juice will start to soften and break up stones. Alternatively, you can take a supplement called magnesium malate instead of apple juice. Take two or more capsules three to four times a day. This supplement will also provide extra energy. You don't need to be fasting during these days, but some people think that the best time to do a flush is while water fasting. So you can keep that in mind. So after you've done three days of preparing, you're now on day three for the evening. You mix two ounces of olive oil with two ounces of freshly squeezed lemon juice. Grapefruit juice can also be used, but lemon juice tends to yield better results. And then you drink it. Lie down on your right side for 20 minutes, bringing your knees as close to your chest as possible. This position helps the olive oil and lemon juice work on dissolving and cleaning out any stones in your gallbladder. It's normal to feel a little flu-like nausea, but it will pass quickly. So with this uh, advice here, laying down on your right side for 20 minutes and bringing your knees as close to your chest as possible is something that you can do on all of the flushes. So uh, it's mentioned only here, but it works for all of them. And then before bed on that day three, after you've done your uh, olive oil and lemon mixture, so during this one, you, you can do it in the evening, whenever you kind of want. Uh, follow the same rules where a few hours before you do this, you don't consume anything. Then before bed here, we are doing a uh, the bottle of magnesium citrate. And it's basically the laxative um, and you drink it before bed so you're gonna so you let the magnesium citrate which is a much more gentle laxative do its work overnight and then upon waking up using the bathroom you might pass something that looks like sludge or soft round stones of various sizes and colors mostly green these stones float and resemble fuzzy undigested peas some people might pass hundreds at a time so this is basically a milder alternative uh, and an even milder alternative is my juice prep protocol, which also uses magnesium citrate. And it's just a three-day juicing preparation for a dry fast. And if you're doing five days or less, this is the one that I recommend for simplicity and just helping you prepare to have an easier fast. So who shouldn't do these cleanses? Intestinal cleansing using sorbents is generally safe for most people, but there are some contraindications. It may not be suitable for those with obstructed digestive tracts, recent surgery, acute diseases, or exacerbations of chronic conditions. People with severe hypertension, heart failure, cerebrovascular disease, chronic renal failure, or cholecystitis should consult a specialist before using this method. After intestinal cleansing, individuals may feel tired for one to two days due to energy-intensive reconstructive and restorative processes happening in the body such as restoring intestinal structures, discharging endotoxins, and adapting to the stress of the cleansing. A lot of electrolytes can be lost during cleanses due to the hyperosmotic laxative state. That's it uh, for the intestinal cleanse for dry fasting article. I know we went through a lot, and this was supposed to kind of just touch on all of the topics. If you are going to be trying one of these 
come back to this article so that you can print it out and just uh, keep track of every single step. Once you've done it once or twice, you will really become familiarized with it and you can make a decision if this is for you or not. Um, I do recommend it. I think that it helps and it's a bonus uh, to compound your healing. The liver is an important thing uh, and flushing the bile has been proven to help a lot of people. Take it easy. Always be cautious and start with the gentlest one and then you can move on from there. Thanks for listening uh, and good luck on your dry fasting journey and I'll see you guys in the next video.